and family, but that culture is here at Abundant Life where you just love people. You care about people here right at home, but you care about people on the other side of the world. And it just touches my heart to already hear that you guys have shown, I don't know how many videos of what we've done around the world. I'm like, man, I've got to make sure we get some new videos here and, and all. But that you guys do that on a regular basis. It just it fits right in with uh, the call and the mission of God for the entire church world, what I'm going to be ministering on today. And it's awesome because not many churches are that committed uh, to their presence, not just here, but on the other side of the world where the need is the greatest. And so a huge, huge thank you to Abundant Life and all that you guys do. It's just awesome. Well, we got the screen of uh, slide of my family up. Um, for those that haven't seen the boys in a while, they have obviously grown. Andrew, probably about uh, nine months or so ago, passed me up and is taller than me, and he's 15, and he's our running machine, the one that's right here. Uh, yesterday, he had a personal best on his 5K as a freshman. He's running with the varsity at Lincoln Christian School. That's Willie George's school, and was thrilled because he, I think he was against seniors and sophomores and freshmen in the run yesterday. He placed fifth, and so his time was about 17.10. He's going to break his goal is to break this year the freshman record, uh, and we think he'll do it next weekend, and that would be 1707. And so already they're telling us Lincoln produced the fastest kid in the state last year, and that kid got a full ride to Annapolis. He's a sharp, sharp kid mentally as well, and they're telling us that Andrew's already hitting the same times as him. So, man, the God is just good. When you serve him, he not only honors you, but he honors your kids. Now, David right here, is uh, he's a young man after my own heart. I was a football player. And already, not only has he just passed me up height-wise, he's only 13. He outweighs right now what I weighed, outweighs what I graduated from college weighing. He's like 203 pounds, so he is a bruiser, man. I mean, and lives up to his name. He is a warrior. They take the three other biggest kids on the team, and they said, try to stop David. David, try to get to the dummy. They didn't stop David, let me just tell you. So I could not be more blessed, but the thing that makes me the most uh, proud in, in, a, in a way that honors God, most happy, pleased, is that both these young men love God with all their heart and they stand for God and they go out with us to the front lines and see the miracles of heaven right out of the gates in Thailand this year day one David uh, was we were out in a rural school and I was there with uh, brother Bob Scott our director of Global Ventures Thailand Harvest Plan on the ground and brother Hayne Schurz joined us because his daughter his youngest daughter it was her first mission trip ever and she said, I want to go with Global Ventures. And he said, I don't think I could find a better organization for you to go with. And the only thing dad's going to, if you're going with that organization, I think I'm going to try to tag along. So Bob and Hayne and I are all old friends. And we're sitting there kind of chatting in between different parts of, of the presentation to the school. And lo and behold, man, David had gotten a young boy up there, probably about 10 or 11, that was born completely blind in, in one of his eyes. If you go back to about mid-June, you'll see this miracle, mid-early June. And the kid at first had no manifestation of a healing at all. And David kept working, had him cover that eye. 
and just dogged faith said, no, no look, look at my hand, started moving his hand. All of a sudden, that young boy started seeing. He said, I no longer, it's not just dark and black. I see light and I see movement. And before it was all said and done, the Lord Jesus had completely opened that blind eye, blind eye from birth. And he was counting the fingers on David's hands as David was backing up, testing him by the power of God. Awesome. Andrew saw uh, similar notable miracles this summer. I just couldn't be more blessed, more excited about what God's doing in their lives. And both of them say, hey, we want to be a part of the gospel going around the globe for life. I told David he's allowed if the Lord tells him. To, if he wants to do business, he can, but he's like, if I do business and I'm not a full-time preacher, I'm going to fund the gospel. He's got a brilliant mind in Andrew, just that he knows from a young age, God told him he would assist his dad in preaching the gospel around the world. And then one day, uh, take up the mantle fully. Um, and so in his eighth, last year, his eighth grade year, I said, well, what electives are you taking? He said, I'm taking multimedia. I said, well, what's going on? He said, I know that's the greatest need of the ministry right now. You, we believe in forging ahead with tech. And already they chose him to make the senior high uh, track video last year. And just the hand of God, again, you just are so blessed when you see your kids uh, do great and mighty things. But that's our family. The queen is doing awesome. That's what I call my lovely bride, Martine the queen. She is just does so much in the ministry, and we're so grateful um, with all that she does and mentoring so many, the young ladies in the ministry, and so on and so forth. I want to show you guys a quick video or two. Uh, the first is an overview we made at year 20. We're now 21 years old as a ministry. It's an overview of kind of the main mile markers that we saw God uh, gloriously just usher us into and manifest before us. And especially since you're a partner church, we want you to see these uh, just incredible things that God's done. And then right after that, for the sake of time, we'll go right into a brand new video that just hit social media. It's the story of Juan Carlos down in Honduras there in uh, Puerto Cortez. A really cool miracle uh, that God manifested. We'll just go ahead and roll both those right now. the history of this ministry, we have stayed true to a vision, a mission that is bigger than us all. We have traveled to the darkest regions of the world forgotten by most, to reach those who live without the light. The heartbeat of heaven beats for those who have not heard, and our goal is to reach them all. We did a nation-changing event where we shared the gospel face-to-face -face with over 230,000 people. And through our broadcast, the message of salvation then reached millions more. We have preached to the most persecuted region in India. We pioneered the gospel to the largest unreached people group in the world. We gathered the largest group of Muslims to hear the gospel in Bangladesh's history. We redesigned crusades to include children and began reaching young people like never before. Together we have accomplished great things, but one thing stands above all else.
lose vision in his right eye. It began to roll back behind his eyelid, and it stayed that way. At school, he had to sit at the very front of class to see what the teacher was teaching. At seven years old, this was his normal. But Global Ventures had scheduled a team to go to his school. It was Thursday, almost the end of the week for uh, school ministry, street ministry, and Brother John uh, had all of us team leaders sit down at breakfast and just pray to see notable miracles that day. And I, I just sat there and I was holding hands next to the people around me and I just confidently said, you know, God, I do believe that I will be able to see you move right in front of me. And I know that you will be able to move right in front of team members that are on my team. And so we got in the van ready to go to our schools and I just talked to the team, uh, very raw, very real, saying that, hey, Brother John prayed with us as team leaders this morning and I know that um, if we pray right now, we will be able to see something happen. So we walked in and all of the children were um, sitting down. We start looking around, dancing, and um, I saw Juan Carlos and I noticed that his eye, um, one of his eyes, was crooked. One of you, cada uno de ustedes, is very valuable. It's muy valioso. It was my first time taking it on my own. When I got up there, I just started talking. I could feel God just working through me and telling me what to say and how I was just supposed to come about the situation. And right when it happened, I was sitting, I finished praying, and I was sitting there looking at him, and I could tell kind of all of us were looking at him. And he was rubbing his eye a little bit, and he wasn't looking up. And then all of a sudden, he took his hand off of his eye, and all of his friends just started freaking out and were looking at him, and their eyes got big. And he, I feel like, didn't know what was going on because he was like, wait, I can see now and I don't know what's happening. And so he had that experience and he was like, wait a second, I can see after they just prayed for me. So it was really cool to see that. And he was a little shy at first because I feel like he didn't know what was going on completely. And it was like shocking for him. But afterwards, he really like let loose and started talking to us and playing with us and was engaging with us a lot more. But when at first he was kind of just sitting there and he was in shock, I feel like. But then he just like had a peace and had an understanding and he really just knew what happened. And we were told that his mom was in the crowd. So not only did Jesus heal this little boy for this child, but he also healed this child for his mom. And just to see that interaction of her seeing her son being able to look at her directly in her eyes for the first time was very beautiful. Yeah. 
Look she she is just filled with joy. She has just seen uh, her son that is now able to see straight. Um, she has been serving God and she is just so thankful for this miracle that we've been able to presence today. I've never seen such um, an impactful miracle as I did with this little boy seeing from start to finish as walking up and seeing with my own eyes that he was blind, that he his eyesight was not good, that it was his eye was all the way to the side that I knew that he could not see well. And then after him sitting through and learning about God and learning about healing and asking God to come into his heart, he prayed the prayer of healing and then opened his eyes and then he looked straight at me with those eyes and I've never experienced something like that before where it goes from he has something completely physically different with him and then it's physically okay and he's able to do things that he's never done before. This day has changed his life forever. This is not just something Juan Carlos will remember, but a moment our team will never forget. God awesome it just represents one of I don't know 300 and some odd instantaneous healings that we saw in Honduras alone and Thailand it was oh 200 and I don't want to misquote it but it was amazing and those are just the ones that were able to see the before during and after confirm that there really is a notable healing there's so many more that we never were able to record because Jesus is the healer and that last picture really depicts the Juan Carlos miracle better than the video. Because in the video, we were filming it post the miracle. So trying to get him to get his eye back up, it wouldn't go back up the way it had been frozen. But the before picture, one of our girls on the team, blonde-headed girl, felt led to snap a shot. And it caught really how that eye had, where that eye and how that eye had been frozen uh, since he was, what, age uh, eight months, and now he's seven and seeing by the power of God. And it's awesome. The young man that filmed that video had never done a mission trip till this Global Ventures trip. We've known his family since he was just a little guy, and uh, his mom teaches at the Christian school the boys go to and taught our David in first grade, and we've off and on talked about him coming. Well, he graduated, now he's a senior out at Azusa Pacific Christian University and film, documentary film uh, major, uh, production major, and so sharp at what he does, his teachers, they pick the director of the senior film, and he's the one that's been chosen. He's producing it right now, but this summer he decided to go out with us and film. So when I walked out of the vehicle, I walked up to the team right as that miracle was unfolding, and I saw Jordan, that's his name, filming, and it was all he could do to hold the camera rig and camera steady, because tears were running down both cheeks of his face, because Jordan had never seen a miracle by the power of God. His life's changed. He's saying, I want to come out. I want to help Global Ventures more and more and more. He doesn't want to stay out in Hollywood and be part of the industry. California, he wants to make a difference for the kingdom. And really, that's the call to all of us. I, I know we've got some slides. Uh, if you're stirred during any part of this message to come out and be a part, we want you to come out and be a part. We've got a real big push on 
share towards the end of uh, ministry today, a big push coming into the year 2020. But uh, some of the, we'll pull up the screen, just show you some of the areas we're going to. We would love to have you there. I know you showed the family video today. Peru and Ecuador both would be our designated uh, family trips. And usually we have for sure one, but this year we fully approved both those to bring uh, your younger children and come. There's a combo trip as well. You would just love, it's more time, more miracles, more of the masses coming to Jesus and you being right in the thick of all of it. First time ever to Albania. Very, very excited about that. 1040 window country that we're just expecting God to do so much in. And then Thailand, we had a group out of uh, Syracuse, New York, saying to us, a uh, big church, hey, we don't, we turn 60 to 80 people away that want to go on our mission trips because we just can't facilitate them all. What if we take 60 and send them to Thailand? I said, great. This next year, we want to get over 100. First time ever in Thailand. We've never had over 100 on the ground, and it's kind of been a whole new season of going next level um, in what God wants done through Global Ventures in Thailand. And so any of these trips, we would just love for you to come be a part. I uh, want to let you know you can stay abreast. Many of you I know have prayed for us through the years. You, many have partnered. The church partners monthly. We're so grateful. We just developed a whole new app and on a new platform that allows us to more quickly post uh, miracles and updates from around the world quicker than ever before. We're going to be giving you alerts. If you want that app, download it. Um, it not only will give you those, but it'll give you the running total of how many souls, how many miracles. To date, we're well over, if you go on there, well over 17,000 instantaneous healings. If uh, The featured video right now is Juan Carlos, that video, if you want to show a friend in the workplace, use this. We built this to be a tool to help ministry happen at the grassroots level. We need to leverage tech for the kingdom of God, Amen. right? And that's more than just, hey, you can read a few scriptures or a Bible reading thing on you version, check it out. It's not like the old Subaru commercials. Um, no, we need to use tech to say, look what just happened down in Honduras. I know uh, Sarah, you got Sarah and Eduardo, we got to talk last night. You can say one of the missionaries, we got full-time missionaries down there and then another uh, missionary we support, Evangelist, just took a team down and this is what just happened this summer out and boom. And next thing you know on your coffee break, you're leading someone to Jesus. You're praying for whatever's going on in their life, whatever's going on in their body. That's how the kingdom works. That's how the kingdom expands. God has called each of us to have a part in the Great Commission. Uh, it's awesome. You know, the, the video we just showed, if you get the app, you can see we're approaching, we're not there yet, but not 2 million, but 2.2 million now. We're going to break that just in the next few months in Asia, harvesting there. And so it's so exciting to see, um, for sure, if you have a, a heart tug and want to know more, stop off at the table and pick up information. We've got everything from our uh, packets and updates and all to um, informate, you know, cool stuff you can buy, books, shirts, that type of thing. I want to talk today, though, about God's end game. And how many know God has an end game divine plan? One of the biggest movies of all time was called Endgame. Has anybody hear about that coming into the summer? 
Uh, I've got two Avengers Endgame. Anybody? I've got two teenage boys, as you've seen, and so this father might have seen it a time or two himself. But awesome, awesome plots. And you know what? Sometimes Hollywood gets some things right. Now, I know it's a superhero movie and all that type of thing, but it's about all these diversified heroes that have different makeup, power, uh, traits, that type of thing, all coming together in the ultimate epic battle against the villain, Thanos, that wants to snap his fingers with the, the stones of power, infinity stones, and wipe out half of everything living on the planet. Do you know that mirrors what the devil is doing currently? If humanity right now, if the devil could snap his fingers, thank God he can't, and, and instantly cause everything to be over, it to be ended, do you know well over half the planet would wind up burning in hell forever, right now? And so I want to talk about God's end game. That's really sobering, and I'm not trying to throw a wet blanket, but it's motivating when you understand the heart of God and the call of God. Because his end game and our end game, if we want what he wants, is the most exciting adventure. Any set of generations, I'm not going to say generation because every generation alive on the earth right now today is to be in play uh, affecting God's end game. You have a call unto it. And so I want to talk about the three components of God's end game. If you're taking notes, jot this down. The mission, the miracles, and the masses. Say that with me. The mission, the miracles, and the masses. The mission found by the master, founded by the master himself, seen in Mark 16, 15, down through verse 19. The mission is the commission. Say that. The mission is the commission. And I'm, I'm not talking about a small commission. I'm talking about the great, a great commission. Because it involves everything and every reason why Jesus came. Jesus came to pay the ultimate price for the entire world. We've got the scripture back there at 2 Peter 3, 9. And we need to herald that scripture today because there's been a resurgence in America of Calvinism, extreme Calvinism, that says God says any, many, money, mo, I pick Susie, Peter, James, and Joe, and the rest are just going to hell because I before ordained it. That's a lie. Amen. This scripture says it so clearly. The Lord isn't uh, slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to everyone. The old King James, I believe, says he's not willing that any should perish. He wants everyone to come unto repentance. Why? Because it cost him his very best and his very highest. It cost him his very own son, the blood of his very own firstborn only son, Jesus. Why should we be about the Great Commission? Because the Lord commanded God commanded it. He commanded it because he did it all. But it's not good enough that he did it all. We've got to now declare it to all or all won't know. That's why our mantra, our 
motto is that all may know. But we said we want a mantra, we want a motto, a tagline for the ministry that lines up with heaven's tagline, heaven's mantra, heaven's mission on this earth. And God's is that all will know. They cannot repent if they do not know the name that they can call. Because there's only one name under heaven that men might be saved. The name of Jesus. And they won't know that name unless there are preachers that go and tell. If we don't mobilize and go to the far four corners of the earth and make the gospel known. Acts 1.8. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you'll be endued, you'll be filled with power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Say the ends of the earth. And I just believe with all my heart, when we focus on the ends of the earth and say that's going to be our goal, we get the model of God. Because human nature very easily will focus on that which is right around. A lot of the church world right now is focusing on that which is right around. But God so loved the world. God so why is it his command? It's his command because he is filled, full of compassion. Not just full of compassion, he is love. And the only way that the world will know that there is a God that loves them is if we go, we mobilize, we send, we pray and undergird. But if our mission, our end game points towards God's end game, and that's that the whole world be told that there is good news. Most of them, they fear their gods. They fear, they try to appease because they don't know their fate. They're trying just to talk their gods out of not condemning them. They know they're already condemned. The world knows. You don't have to go and preach a bad news message. Man, the gospel's good news. The reason you don't have to say anything bad is because the world already knows they're condemned. They know it in their hearts, their souls. I've watched them as they've offered their offerings day after day, week after week. And even in the state of offering, it's not this happy, hey, we're bringing our tithes and our offerings into the storehouse. Man, we get to give with joy. We get to give with happiness and just a thrilledness in our soul because we're already on our way to heaven. We've had the ultimate thing settled. And so we give out of that love relationship with him that, man, we're living a destiny. We're living the future and the hope that he ordained for our lives. It's exciting. We get to experience the miracles. We get to experience sharing his love, his power with the whole human race. Everywhere we get to go, we get to manifest him. The world's not like that. They are hoping they appease their version of God, their local deity, because they know they're condemned. And then when we come with a good news gospel, why do we preach it? We preach it because he commanded us to, but it's not an austere, oh, you do this or else. It's, it's a out of his compassion. Here, I want to share with you in the greatest mission on the planet. I want to give you ultra fulfillment. That's why Jesus said in John 4, he said, I have meat to eat that you know not of. Here, Jesus walked in perfect fellowship always with the Father. He had maximum 100% manifestation of divine life, miracles, divine provision. He never scored a 99.9. He was always 100%. And yet here he said, I have to eat. I have to get some nourishment that you know not of. He was 100% in his sonship side. But when it came to the servanthood side of his relationship with the father, he knew I've got to eat the meat 
of the Father. Do you know there's ambrosia? There's the food of not the gods, the food of the living God. And it's doing, Jesus defined it. He said it's doing your will and finishing your work. And the will he was talking about was winning soul, changing lives for God. He had just poured that living water into that woman at the well. And it so radically wrecked her in the right kind of way, set her right. She was already a hot mess. <laughs> that she ran back into the towns and said, man, you've got to come meet this man that told me everything about myself. And that was a divine key and a divine strategy. Not just to reach her, although Jesus would have done it just for her. But how many know God isn't interested just in one? And I'll pause right there to bring up the next aspect of why he commands it. He commands it because he has compassionate, or the mission rather. And then the next point is, why should we be about the mission, the commission? It's because the sheer numbers demand that we be about it. The need, the need demands it. He commands it because the need, I think we got that slide. God commands it, the need demands it. I want to pull up a graph and show you this graph, and I want to stand where everybody can see it. This first graph shows, um, let's, it's the other one, not this one. We'll jump to this one maybe later. Do you see another? There it is. This shows from the time of Christ to roughly our current time. We put this together in 2018. Uh, but if you look, the earth's population from the time of Christ, it took 1,600 years for it finally to reach 500 million people. But then all of a sudden, it began to double. From 1,600, it took about 250 years for it to do a little bit more than double. It reached finally 1.2 billion people. But then it only took 100 years more for it to slightly more than double again, 2.5 billion. And right around that time frame, the 1950s, something began to happen. In fact, they called that generation the boomer, the baby boomers. How many know that? Do you know that was a prophetic name? It was a prophetic name and the experts didn't even realize it because the earth's population truly began to boom. It wasn't just because the uh, United States uh, war soldiers came back and saw their wives happily and next thing you know, my, wife, my mom was a, a true boomer. Um, her father, my granddad, came back and that whole dynamic happened and she came on the scene. But watch what happens from 1950 up to the current time, in less than 70 years, in roughly a 70-year full-life generation, if you're going to take that, look at the exponential factor that kicks in. We jump all the way up to 7.6 billion people. Today, I looked it up this morning, we're at 7.67 billion people on the planet the need has multiplied many, many, many times over. And I believe we are the set of generations that are seeing the fulfillment of last day prophecy. Where the greatest revival, the greatest harvest, the end time harvest. I know we've heard that many, many times. We don't have to look for it. That's what Jesus corrected them in, in John 4. Right there after the woman at the well and winning her over, transforming her life. He said, wait a minute, don't say four months. 
and, and you can bring up that scripture. Thank you for pulling that slide. Don't say four months and then comes harvest. He said, lift up your eyes, open your eyes, look. The fields are already ripe, white for the harvest to be reaped. Well, man, if that was back in the day that it was way under 500 million people and we're at almost 7.7 billion people on the planet, how much more are the words of Jesus true today? We need to be about the Great Commission movement in the earth. We need to say, where is the need the greatest? And let's focus there and let's go there. Let's make this thing happen. When we focus on the mission of the commission, the natural byproduct, the byproduct, and write that down, the byproduct of the mission equals miracles. In fact, the greatest miracles we have ever seen. I can attest to this over and over and over again. In the early days of going into Thailand and establishing that we were going to systematically do crusades, bring teams in, and plant churches, raise up leaders with a harvest mentality, with harvest DNA in them. See, it's not enough just to say, hey, we're going to go do something. No, we've got to have the heart of God and the strategy of God to get done what God wants done in the last days. We can't just go and do nice works. We can't go and just do feeding programs or clothing programs or building programs. All those are good. I'm not against them. We even do water drives and we do strategic service projects and do so many different things that I believe in. But if we do those things without doing the number one thing that Jesus said to do, we're not going to wrap this thing up. The way we're going to wrap it up is doing what Jesus said doing. That's going to all the world and preach the gospel. The gospel and the salvation of mankind, humankind, has to be at the forefront of everything we do. It has to be intermingled with everything that we do. And when we do that, the byproduct is going to be miracles. And it's going to be the greatest miracles ever. There in Thailand, when we first began to go, we said, we're going to do this. We're going to do it systematically. We're going to do it with strategy. We're going to do it with heaven's wisdom. The very first, right out of the gates, church plant that we produced, it came out of an event where the devil tried to just shut us down. Here we had gotten very intentional about exactly what we're going to do. We need to be intentional as believers today. We don't need to just go aimless. A lot of mission trips are like, oh, we're just going to go and go over here and go over there. We actually um, preceded, and I'll share this. I love this organization, so I don't mean anything bad at all. But, but uh, Bethel, how many have heard of Bethel out on the West Coast? Jesus Culture, Bethel, all those guys, great, great, great ministry. Um, we worked in Nicaragua a few years ago with a missionary that was a Ramagrad, and he had actually tied in heavily with Bethel for several years at that time, and he had never hosted us. And I went down and actually had to do the setup trip with him. His name was Earl. And right on the heels of us going down on that spring break trip, the Bethel teams, where they were doing their big spring sending out of, of, uh, of all their uh, young people and teams around the world, he was going to receive a Bethel team. And it had been several years in a row that he had hosted their group for Nicaragua. And at the end of our time, I was like, brother, I am, I'm so sorry. I know you have been tapped. We have pushed. We've done multiple crusade locations. I mean, we've had schools scheduled in parks and plazas and neighborhoods. I mean, it has been just high octane all to the wall to, you know, and you got this other team coming in. And he said, oh, no, no, no. 
that's, that's going to be, that's going to be a break compared to global ventures. <laughs> he said, Oh, we'll have praise and worship and we'll hang out the first few mornings of the hours of the morning. And then we'll make our way out. That, that'll be a cakewalk compared to this. It'll be a vacation. <laughs> and you know what? Inwardly, I got to admit to you, there was great glee in my heart. <laughs> At that time, Global Ventures wasn't as known, you know, especially Bethel. We're talking the Bethel. But knowing that we leveraged and maximized every dollar, every person's ability, we maxed out every moment. Man, that's the heart of God. We're not sitting around to just play patty cake and go through the motions. We want to be highly intentional. If the business world can be highly intentional and make billions of dollars, and I think last year alone, I, I did a, a whole message on destiny. Pull it up. That's a whole other thing we didn't touch on. It'll bless you. We have like 89 different um, podcasts uh, that are totally free to you. You can get them through the app or the website. The app's the easiest way. But get the one on destiny. And after you do that, listen to the Spirit-Filled Life and Tongues. Listen to all four of those. Incredible. I tell some stories in there. God is wanting us to get a hold of heaven and supernaturally know things today that people don't know that will amaze them and that will head the devil off, way head him off at the pass and kick his tail to the curb so that we just manifest heaven and just all he can do is hide and watch as we plunder hell and populate heaven with precious souls, miracles, signs. And what I'm talking about last day stuff. That's supposed, supposed to be what the early church had in many times over. I'm believing for that. I don't know about you, but I, and we're contending for it at Global Ventures. We're not just going to exist and go through the motions. We're going to have the greatest manifestations of heaven in manifestation. Well, in the Destiny series, I'm spoiler alert here. When you pull it up, I tell a really cool story about someone in there. And it's Walt Disney. And man, it's amazing how he went after his dream. But in there, do you know, like last year they profited, it was like, I want to say $53 billion in their conglomerate of the Disney companies and Disney Corp outlay. Man, if the world is seeing stuff like that because they're highly intentional and highly organized, Let's not go, well, let's go just kind of do something. No, let's get on our game. Let's play to win God's end game. Amen? If we're intentional, I mean sports, same way. Highly intentional, highly strategic. I mean, they pay people down to the, the icers. Make probably more than I do. That just ice the play, football players. Man, if they're that intentional and that deliberate, let's get deliberate about the thing of God in the earth. The harvest like never before. And what will happen is there will be a manifestation of the greatest miracles that then will supernaturally, it will synergize our efforts beyond what we could do in our own natural ability. And it will speak volumes. Do you know what happened down in, I'm going to get back to Thailand, but down in Puerto Cortez, I'm convinced because we were in tune and listening to what God was doing. And he dealt with me. Hey, you've seen miracles, son. This summer, you've seen great miracles in Thailand here, but there is more. 
And that's why I took hands with my team leaders that morning. It was like a Wednesday or Thursday. I said, no, guys, we've seen some really cool stuff already, uh, not just in Thailand this summer, but in Honduras. We need, God is stirring me to believe for more. And he said to ask him in the time of the latter rain to ask for more rain, more outpouring, more manifestations, more of what he wants on the earth. We have the author- we're the only ones that can do it. We have the authority, the dominion, the power. We are the divine enforcers of what will or won't happen on the earth. So we're going to declare it, decree it, and bless God, we're going to manifest it and have it. So that's why I took hands that morning and said, I don't do that every trip. Man, we just, miracles are our MO. That's just how we roll. But I was hungry, and I was like, Lord, if you're prompting me, we're going to do it. Man, God had us connect with the mayor of the city, had us in praying over him. He wound up and came out to the grand finale Last day crusade where thousands were out there and got up and shared. It was awesome, the impact. But that's what God wants us to be doing. He wants us to dream way past the dream of yesterday, way past wherever we set the bar yesterday. He wants to blow the bar off the poles, man, because he loves the world and he loves us and he wants us. There's something that he put in each of us that will not be satisfied, will not be content until we get out into that realm of seeing beyond what we've seen before. We can't ask the whole type and shadow of the manna. We can't live on yesterday's manna. We got to have new, we got to have higher. We have got, got to have greater and more because God is doing a new thing. And if we'll be listening, those new strategies of heaven will be imparted to us so that we can see that new thing that heaven so once done. That happened in the beginning of the Thailand harvest plan. That rainstorm had wiped out our power, wiped out our lighting system. The Lord in the moment gave me the idea, line up every car at your disposal, every van, team van. You know, we had four or five teams. Point their lights in underneath these porticos where all the precious crowd had rushed in under because of this monsoon system that had hit. And right in the middle of that, I just... Uh, I saw getting up in the back of the announcement car and using the PA, it was a truck and the flatman, the back of its truck bed and preach from there. And so we started doing it and right in the middle of that, the rainstorm hit again and the Lord dealt with me. One of my friends was up preaching. He said, raise your hand to the heavens. When I raised my hand, instantly the heavens were sealed. Not one more drop of rain hit. It was so that we could get the gospel to those precious people. Miracle signs and wonders happened. They were healed by God's power. But the greatest miracles, they received Jesus. People that had never heard his name. And out of that first pl- church plant, we went back to strengthen that church. And uh, it was pretty remarkable. I want to finish that story after we bring up the next point. Oh, there it is. The mission plus the miracles equals the masses being transformed. That God wants the masses to be reached. When we allow his power, when we take up his mission, say, I'm going to do this at whole new levels. I'm going to get the God strategy. It was like what happened in Nepal. I don't know if I've been here since we did the big Nepal event. But God dealt with us after we moved into our new facility. He dealt with us a year before. It was two years in the planning. He was like, no, you're not going to just move into this facility. You're going to go after the greatest undertaking evangelistically you've ever dared to do. And he began to bring back prophecies and things that have been in our hearts many years. And he said, you're going to go after a nation-shaking, nation-taking event. And the nation's going to be Nepal. 
guys, we went into Nepal, Dave Young, my right-hand man, international director of coordination, and they told us this can't be done. We sat with pastors, can't be done. We're in an interim constitution, interim government. It's not, it just can't be done right now. There, there's too much sensitivity to Christianity. We can't plan eight different huge mega crusades and divide the nation up. And then there was those that says it shouldn't, they said it shouldn't be done. Oh, it's going to rock the boat too much. And they were trying to protect their little castle instead of build the kingdom. We can't get into a castle protecting mentality. We got to always build the kingdom. We got to always raise up laborers, raise up others. Jesus said the harvest is plenteous. Matthew 9. The laborers are few. Man, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he'd send forth laborers into his harvest. Jesus was always about maximum mobilization. Man, let's equip the 12. Let's not stop at the 12. Let's do 70. Let's get them out there. And it was as they went about the mission and saw the miracles as they were on mission, the 72 came back, I think it's Luke 10, 17. And they marveled. They said, man, we hadn't seen this before. Even the demons, they're not just subject to you, Jesus. Man, they're, they're subject to me, man, even the demons. And Jesus had to say, hey, hey. This is all about making sure your names, their names are written in the Lamb's book of life. It's about transforming. It's not the big, oh, look at me. I just opened a blind eye. Oh, I'm a daddy rabbit now. No, it's about there's only one that's a daddy rabbit. Actually, he's the father of all of us. And he wants to be the father to every living human soul, spiritually speaking. And he can't be unless we go and are that divine link of heaven in this earth, sharing who God is and his good plan that he has for each and every one of them. Good news. So in Nepal, we just said, we're going to move towards this, even though the guy with the larger network, no, don't do this. He trying to protect his castle. And do you know a month to the day, that we had 117 strong from five different nations of the earth converging in Nepal. A month to the day, the month before, they had brought in and, and voted in and established a brand new constitution. And the reason they did is because of the great earthquake that happened actually during my, my international director's second setup trip. He was coming down into Kathmandu Valley in his whole vehicle and the setup team started shaking. It was the great earthquake that hit. God didn't send the great earthquake, but God in his infinite foreknowledge knew exactly when it would hit. And he knew we would be obedient and be on the ground. And what happened is we went into first responders mode. We've never been first responders. We were able to mobilize 180,000 liters of water. That was the greatest immediate need. The big boys, it was a David phenomenon. That's what I call it. The big boys, it takes time for the big boys to move their large organizations. But we were like little David, just there with a sling, ready. Bread and cheese showed up. There's a giant. we got to take him out. God said, do this. Instantly, we went in first responders mode. We are able to send up tons of food from northern India because of our relationship with a missionary there, Mike Van Buskirk. We had just done crusades with him a year or two before and said, Mike, there's difficulty getting materials in because of everything just bottlenecking. Can we mobilize? Boom, boom, boom. Supernatural divine strategies to affect a nation. Here we were with three key Nepali leaders, 180,000 liters of water. 
bringing into the top 33 worst hit communities across Kathmandu Valley. It so impacted those leaders because we weren't waving the Global Ventures banner, the Western banner. We said, no, you guys, you're the front men for this. You are the leaders of Nepal. You and your churches need and are the beacons of hope and light to the Hindus, to the Muslims, to the Buddhists. And they were like, man, you really care. You really care for us. We see the devil would like us to get distracted and only go after humanitarian aid. We see that God is trying to work a greater weight of glory and wanting to win our nation. We're all in on this converged Nepal event that Global Ventures wants to do. Guys, when we, during that earthquake and our quick response, we stood out, guess what? Tulsa News came out right outside our building. We've got a group right here in Nepal that has people on the ground and they're helping with aid. All of a sudden, we got put on the map in Tulsa. Why? Because we were focused on precious souls on the other side of the planet. Money began to flow in like never before. I mean, we were able to send over, I don't know, it was like 50 grand just like that and help with all these needs. Jimmy Carter wanted to go in, build 100 houses. He never got there. By the grace of God, Global Ventures was able to help rebuild, provide supplies, materials. Over 290 families were able to rebuild their homes. I mean, it was the hand of God. But that was all to work a greater weight of glory. We had the Kathmandu Police Force escorting those three key leaders and our setup team into the worst hit communities. Guess what? The police force had run out of water. Guess who supplied them? The Indian Relief Army up from India was there to help. Guess who ran out of water and guess who supplied them? It was the hand of God. See, when we tap into his supernatural power, we couldn't have planned that with the greatest missions minds of our day. We couldn't have got down and planned out. But we heard from heaven, no matter what the experts said, and we listened and we obeyed and God supernaturally positioned us. And the David phenomenon became a reality. Not only were we able to preach in eight, it wasn't me, it was our protégés that we've raised up and colleagues. I mean, we had a Southern Baptist brother, I love this brother, out of Louisiana, said, I want to help sponsor that. He paid hundreds of thousands, paid over half the cost of it. I called up crusaders that we'd raised up, others that were, again, contemporaries. And I said, listen, you don't have the money, you just come. The harvest is right. We got the money. Why? It's a team effort. It's not about this ministry getting the glory. No, it's about Jesus getting the glory and reaping the precious fruit of the earth that hadn't hurt. Nepal was in the top 10 most unreached countries at the time. Do you know today, Nepal has the most, it is number one for those that are converted, being the most faithful, sold out disciples and followers of Jesus. It's number one per capita. Hallelujah. An expert in tracking people groups stood in my a four-year and saw our Nepal wall, Nepal 2015. And he works with an organization that targets unengaged, unreached people groups. And he said, man, I wasn't going to tell you this, but hearing this story, let me pull out a sheet. We don't show everybody this. This was Nepal before two th- end of 2015. We were targeting it. All these red dots for unengaged, unreached people groups. He said, we remeasured it. It would have been 2017. That He said, look, after you guys did what you did, we started... Not one red dot, solid white page. He said every unengaged, unreached people group has now been engaged. 
Doesn't mean they're all reached, but they're at least engaged now, systematically going. I mean, the plan of God is awesome. Amen. It's massive. God dropped a broadcast package into our lap where we were able to broadcast over that entire region of Nepal. And millions heard the gospel during the great fuel crisis where Modi would not let any fuel, gasoline, propane, nothing into that land. They were looking for hope. We brought a primetime rerun where they're used to watching the brand new Indian release movies come into that nation. We bought that slot of time after the live on air nationwide uh, crusade was broadcast with their famous music stars. And we were able to say, this is going to rerun tomorrow. The Hindu radicals tried to show it, shut it down with Hindu management at that network. They held up the contract and said, sorry, we have a signed contract. The Holy Spirit had dealt with me. Get a signed contract from them. We won't change, alter, or pull any of the program. It's a new day in Nepal with a new constitution. And God blanketed that nation with the gospel. God is into doing things in these last days that we've never seen done before. And that is his end game. Matthew 24, 14, if we can pull up that scripture and we'll finish with this. Matthew 24, 14 says, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all the nations will hear it. And then the end will come. All nations there means all people groups, not a geographical or governmental boundary of a nation, but every people group. And we see that God will have his end game accomplished because in, if we can pull up Revelation 7, 9, we see around the throne of God, every nation, every tongue, every tribe, every people praising the Lamb and the Lord God Almighty. You want to be part of God's end game? Say, where is the most unreached territories of the world? I'll sign up for that Albania. I'll go to that Thailand. I'll help you going into, listen, pray for us. We're going into Bangladesh. And then after Bangladesh, I'm not taking a team into an, un, uh, we're live streaming, so I can't name it. But I'm going into an area that is very, very uh, dicey. <laughs> But we're going to do crusades and we're going to see Muslims that have never heard the gospel by the tens of thousands. Be praying with me. I'm believing God. In one night, we'll have the largest single harvest we've ever had in our entire ministry. Yeah. 21 years. Because this brother is seeing it. I mean, it's massive. But Bangladesh alone, man, when we targeted and went in there, it was that largest gathering of Muslims in the history of that nation. That is the largest unreached people group in the world. It's 130 million strong. A people group of Muslims in Bangladesh. How many know God doesn't want them to remain unreached? I think we ought to just go after the largest unreached people group in the world as if it's just, hey, that's going to be God's. And it's right there in little Bangladesh. When we focused on Bangladesh, it was only 0.5% Christian. By the time we got on the ground with our team two years ago, it had dropped to 0.4% Christian. And then 0.3%. We're changing that. Amen. We're going to move the numbers back the right direction. Right. I believe with all my heart, each and every one of us have a part to play. You might say, how can I? Pray. Ask God what your part is. Pray for these areas. Pray for folks that are going in these areas. Me and others. I'm not the only one. But man, get, up, get a list, lay hands on. And during this time, I, I've covered. I would graciously, humbly ask for your prayers big time. 
because in the natural speaking, there are people that won't even go into the land I'm going to after Bangladesh that have children. But I believe I'm going on assignment. I've never been there. So pray for us. And then we're finishing out with the Philippines, a massive crusade and a huge team trip the end of, uh, end of this year. But pray. Don't stop at prayer. Uh, a friend of mine said, an Indian friend, he said, we must pray, we must play, and we must pay. And that really is the strategy of God. We pray, we say, we're not just going to pray, we're going to get in the game. We're going to witness to the people at work. We're going to witness to the people on the other side of the tracks. We're going to set up outreach. We're going to go to the other side of the world. We're going to go to the 1040 window. We're going to go to the areas that are, have been historically harder because God is doing a new thing in those areas. And we're going to be part of not just earth's history. We're going to be part of eternal heaven's history by reaching those areas. God's in game. There's still 7,000 plus unreached people groups. That's going to change in our era of time, this era of time on planet Earth. We're called to make history, heaven's history on this earth. Glory. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you're stirred, you say, man, I want to be part of that, that last day army. I want to be part of praying, stepping into the game and playing. I want to be part of paying. I want to give more so that those unreached people can be reached and the crusades and the church plants. I want to play more. I want to go. I want to be part of the action. I want to undergird it in all three of those areas. Or whatever the Lord would tell me to do. New, different, or more of all the same. Some of you, man, I appreciate this church. Some of you have been so involved. God may be wooing you, and I believe in this hour he's wooing all of us to a greater level of involvement. A greater level of being all in for his kingdom to expand far and wide across this whole beautiful globe in the hearts of precious human beings. If you're here and you say, you know what? I believe God is knocking at the door of my heart. He's my Savior and Lord, but I believe there is more involvement. There's more of a role I have to pay. One of our largest donors just told me, John, we're going to sell our company. We're not just going to sell our company and set up a foundation. He said it was before he said it was going to be multi-generational foundation. He said, nope, God's been dealing with me in my lifetime. We're not just going to set up this mega foundation. We're going to, in my lifetime, we're going to give every dollar away to the work of God on this earth. There's always a next level that we can be pushing for. That next level involves precious people. I looked into the face of a 19 year old girl named Grace. Grace got healed of AIDS when she was about six years old because of the Thailand harvest plan. She's 19 years old. We did an interview for her. We'll send it to you because you guys heavily support Thailand. And, Pastor Kitt's church and Thailand Harvest Plan will have it done in about a month. But Grace said, I'm now in university and I'm studying. And one of the things I'm endeavoring to do is to learn languages because I want to be a missionary to the other unreached nations around here. My life was changed by Jesus. I want to change others' lives. If a 19-year-old Thai girl can find a way to go greater level, then I believe God is stirring our hearts in new ways that we can stretch, that we can step out and walk on the water with Him. If you're here and you say, man, that's me, raise your hand high. If you say that, I know God's knocking at the door of my heart. He's stirring me to do more, to stretch more, to believe more, to increase the tent of my vision. 
not to do missions just as normal, to go and operate in a whole new realm of normal, which is his supernatural realm. If you also say, John, I know friends, neighbors, co-workers, there's people that I can reach out in simple ways like what you described to share in a greater way with them. If you know people like that and you say, yep, I can do more, raise your hand high. Raise your hand high. Because we don't have to wait till we get to the other side of the planet. He wants us to get to the other side of the street, the other side of town, sometimes just the other side of the office. <laughs> Put your hands on your heart. If you're here today and you say, man, I'm not sure I'm totally right with God. I want to pray a prayer with all of these that are part of this church, but I want to invite you along with them to pray. We're going to pray along with the prayer of salvation. We're going to pray a prayer of consecration to the last great move of heaven on this earth that each of us will fully be engaged and intentional in and about that move. Say this after me now. Dear God, I believe you're moving. I believe you saved the best for last. I believe I'm called and equipped to be part of your end game. I want to see heaven populated with billions of souls. Use me, Lord. I believe Jesus died shed his holy blood, rose from the grave, and that he is Lord. I want you to live as Lord. Lord Jesus, personally in my life, through my life, in a maximized way, every single day, I will not be selfish with your presence, with your power. I won't be selfish with my Christianity. It's too real not to share. I choose to go next level in you about your harvest. I want to help and be a part of reaching those masses. Whatever way, Lord. Praying, playing, paying. I want to do my part. Multifold even. Speak to me. Speak to me now. Just pause just for a minute right here. Just focus in on whatever you feel the Lord might be knocking at the door of your heart telling you to do. Whether it's in the nations, the most unreached territory of the world, the 1040 window, or whether it's right here in Jefferson, or anywhere in between. Just focus in on him and what he's wooing and bidding you to do. And right there in your individual heart, just say yes. Because he's not called you out of any boat unless he's going to meet you on the water. Now just say this, Lord, I commit to it. I'll do your bidding. I know you will supernaturally meet me. And I look expectantly forward to the joy 
of ultra obedience and seeing the fruit, the fruit of precious people being transformed forever. Thank you for choosing and using me. I commit to it. Now his heads are still bowed and eyes are still closed. If you felt something, you saw something and you were like, John, I, man, yes, I committed something's definitely shifting in my heart. Something, the Lord's revealing something to me and I'm committing to it. Yes, just do a little wave at me right where you are. Just a little wave. Praise the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Yes. You know, if there are healing needs, I'll be here down at the front afterwards to individually just minister to you. I know um, we've gone a little bit longer than normal. Uh, for those that might be interested in hooking up or following us, if you aren't already um, engaged with Global Ventures, we're going, the Lord started in Honduras this summer, a 2020 vision. And uh, it's basically 20 crusades in 20 cities in 20 months starting in the year 2000. And it'll go on into 2021. We've never so intentionally gone after something quite like this, but we are thrilled because it's our ultra obedience. It's our privilege to do it unto him. And so we're just believing God for churches, networks of churches, relationships. We're asking them to join in, help mobilize 20 people through the network of relationships that you know to go. We're asking folks to give over 20 months in an uncommon way, next level. If that sparks anything in, in you, or if you just say, man, I want to just stay abreast of what you guys are doing. I want to be able to pray for you. I want to stay updated. I want to be right there with you. Um, as God continues doing these magnificent things. All you have to do is text, let me find the right numbers. Text GO2020 to 313131. If you want to stay hooked up in any way at all with us, just text GO to 2020. Three, uh, two, text the word GO2020 uh, go to the number 313131. Or if you're Hard copy, and I still like a lot of hard copy stuff. You can go back and sign up all your information. You'll shoot back your information so we can stay in touch with you. You can do the same at the back uh, product book table. And we give you a huge thank you for doing so in advance. God bless you. We love Abundant Life. We love the things you're doing here. You're in our prayers regularly. And uh, we just wanted you to know how special you are in this relationship is to Martine and, and me and our, our whole lead team as well. Pastor Dave. Hallelujah. Well, anybody blessed? Amen. Well, we will receive a second offering now, so if you need an envelope, just raise your hand again. The ushers will get it to you. Write not a check, just write it out to Abundant Life, and we'll get a check to them before they um, depart. Hallelujah. Whew. I stretched there a little bit. So, thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this ministry. We thank you for 
John and his family, the sacrifices that they've made to, to see to it that the gospel goes throughout the world. We thank you for their entire ministry team and we thank you, Father, that their every need is met, that doors are opening that others said would never open. And Father, we just thank you for the opportunity that we have to be a part of that. And so as we give today, we give into that ministry as an investment into your kingdom that it may be furthered. And so we thank you, Father, for this opportunity to give. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go ahead and receive the offering. Well, hallelujah. Just remember those of you with the mission um, group that you're meeting out in the Redemption Center uh, right after the, the service. And, uh, and again, as Reverend John said, he'll be standing up here in the front for anybody that uh, would like any prayer following the service. Um, feel free to come up and he'll be happy to pray with you. And uh, so you all have a blessed and glorious afternoon. And. Uh, We'll see you in a few weeks. Be blessed. Ciao.